Welcome back. Welcome to the Mental Breakdowns Podcast. My name is Zoe, a.k.a. Alonzo, your host, introducing our season finale episode of season one on Triggers with myself and Fred DeBose. Uh, so what the hell happened? Just getting to the elephant in the room. Uh, we went on winter break. Uh, I did not intend to just leave like that without ever wrapping up the season, but technical difficulties and personal uh, challenges <laughs> arose. This was our first episode with two microphones, and and it went good for a while. Uh, it went off with without a hitch during the actual recording process, and then I go home and look at the audio files, and I see that one is missing, like completely missing, not non-existent anymore, and. My computer, all my computer has to say for itself. It just gives me like the equivalent of a, a shoulder shrug, like, sorry. Um, so from then on, this whole episode just became a anxiety bubble for me. I didn't want to think about it, talk about it. Uh, I didn't even tell Fred till weeks after the fact. Um, I had two new jobs just moved uh, so I was gladly to knock this episode down on the priority scale but about a month ago I started hacking away at it uh, the plan we were always planning to do a second season I just couldn't in good faith leave the first season to end like that so I know or I knew that in order to move on to season two I needed to hurry up and wrap up season one and this is what i got i really enjoyed this episode i really think it's a good episode which is why i really worked hard to save it so without further ado here is the season finale to season number one of the mental breakdowns podcast featuring mr fred debose and myself discussing triggers 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 just kidding triggers Enjoy. The one I. It's glass. Uh, yeah, the one I got at home is a metal, so I have to. I have to really like. Dang. Welcome to the Mental Breakdowns podcast. I'm your host Zoe, and I am here back with Mr. Fred Debose. What's up, y'all? Um, starting off, or ending how we started. This is our season finale for <laughs> season one of the Mental Breakdowns podcast. I personally am ready for it to be over, at least for a, a while. I need we're, a break. We're doing all the work, of course. <laughs> yeah, I just need a break. I was just being pretty. Right. Well, that's what that's in your contract. That's I was what we pay okay, for. Okay, so. okay, right. Yeah. Then I was successful. Yes, absolutely. It's been a great season. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, going on to well, 
our topic is, is going to be triggers or trigger d or triggers triggers, triggers. Triggering, tri- you choose Trigger. yeah just don't call me uh, at all. <laughs> not acceptable <laughs> um but before we get into that let's knock out some good news um this first one is a new handheld prototype is being developed for a home-based cancer screening kit wow. right so scientists from two universities on ontario canada reported progress on their efforts to release the world's first handheld home test kit designed to screen for cancer i wonder if it's like all cancers are just right we got hella cancers no those are good questions this one says uh Developing the di- patients monitor their own blood for the unique biomarkers of prostate cancer. Oh, we I got mean, those. We, we got prostate cancer. Right. Well, they need to come out. When is that? Is it like in? Where is it at in research? Um, that's a good question. Personalized medicines. Further devices. More testing beyond their proof of. St- Concept study will be required before the team can pursue okay. commercial so applications. Shit in the bag still. Damn. Yeah. But the development would be a large leap forward, increasing the accessibility of proactive, personalized, home based health yeah, monitoring. You know, I have prostate cancer because we don't want to go deal with it. Right. Oh, but prostate cancer is a blood test. Rectal cancer is the one you got to actually take a poop in, 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 on the stick. Poop on the stick. And then colon cancer is the one where they. That's colon, rectal colon, same thing. Well, what's the one where you got to get the colonoscopy? That that's if you if you if your boo boo's not right, then you got to get a colonoscopy. My boo boo's not right. You got to get a colonoscopy. I don't know if I have to get one, but my well, boo boo's not right. Not the texture. Like if you if you get a test, yeah, there's blood in your stool, then they usually take a colonoscopy. Okay, no, I don't have blood, but I swear I move probably like. Uh, like the last time I moved about was three days ago, maybe going on four. It's supposed to go daily up to three days. So you're still in the okay area, but if it goes to four or five days, then yeah, you should. But that's constipation. That's not necessarily cancer. Yeah. You just need some fiber. Because I know how you eat. Flurries don't have fiber. McFlurries, McFlurries don't have fiber. Yeah, it's called an Oreo McFlurry. But I, I've been downgrading to the snack size, so... In our next news, <laughs> we have, uh, as the UN reclassifies cannabis, landmark sh- study shows that CBD does not impair driving. You're familiar with CBD? So, continuing off of that, um, yeah, CBD, the UN basically took it out of the same category as heroin, which is oh, uh, nice. about time. Um, <laughs> And it's going to be up for uh, the Supreme Court's about to... Uh, Are they really? Mm, yeah. We're about to address marijuana. Oh, great. I got how it's being addressed. Um, and my boyfriend knows. He's, he's, he's a nerd on politics. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he, yeah it's, being addri- it's going to the Supreme Court to be talked about. Marijuana. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, so that'd be, I mean, that's good though. It needs to be decriminalized. Right, at the very least. At the very least, yeah. You don't have to legalize in your state, but it needs to be federally decriminalized. Then we're good. I'm just hoping they don't take away the progress that's already been made. You know, so many states have decriminalized it. Decriminalizing it 
the states that have it legal, it's legal in those states. It just can be. That won't get overturned. No, 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 no. It'll just take the state, the federal government out of the picture. Because hmm. the only reason the federal government comes in is because it's federally illegal. So they come and do raids and things. Right. It takes them out of it. Hmm. It removes their, they don't get involved in marijuana business. I hope so. Yeah, that's that's what's being, that's what's being addressed. If once it's taken off the federal list, yeah. then, then it's, it's legal. States get to choose how to deal with it because that's the country you live in. Yeah. But the federal government won't. Like, you, you won't go to prison for marijuana. Good. Then which, is, which is what we want. Right, and they should definitely uh, work on releasing everybody. If, you, if you've been in there for 20 years and all you did was weed, you need to get out of prison. Right. And into rehab because you need to be re, re, reacquainted with society. <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead of just dropped in like well, a that's what they're gonna do. They're fish gonna, out of water. They're going to drop them in and they're going to make a mess and I'm like see right see, see black people don't Told know you. how to act see anyway oh, that's um <laughs> yeah congratulations to the UN for finally waking up and smelling the weed <laughs> thank you um okay so that was basically we had other news stories but my computer was having a heart attack because advertisements were running in the bottom and advertisements 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 they never used to have those on the bottom like videos playing and now this website that i get the positive news stories from we should it does we should we should protest i'm gonna have to i can make signs okay <laughs> and just post them <laughs> post them on your instagram um i don't know instagram instagram or facebook oh. what i like to play good um, I heard Giuliani. Giuliani got has Corona. Has Corona. Has coronavirus. Coronavirus. There's that. <laughs> Which I don't know. Knowing, I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't had. Didn't get it sooner. You know, seems like the whole White House got it. Yeah, it ran the White House, but you know, that whole situation. What's more absurd is that we live in a country now that we have a president was our president was allowed to behave in the fashion that he has and no one said anything. No one said you need a psychological test. <laughs> no one said you're not suitable for the job. No one said sit down and shut up. Yeah. He was he was enabled. Absolutely. It's sad. It's very sad. Yeah. We'll see what happens next. Stay tuned. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to triggers. Yes. My favorite. Everybody's triggered nowadays. You're triggered. I'm triggered. We're all triggered. All triggered. Children are triggered. Yeah. I'm get to heaven. I'm gonna put on our triggers and trigger all over God's heaven. Right. Heaven. So the <laughs> Wikipedia definition. <laughs> uh, I guess it's a trauma trigger. Uh, that's the only definition Wikipedia has, and you know that's a uh, yeah, Wikipedia science. It's hard known facts. So Wikipedia says a trauma trigger is a psychological stimulus that prompts recall of a previous traumatic experience. Hmm. Seems kind of right. 
Huh. Yeah. Huh. Um, the stimulus itself need not be frightening or traumatic uh, and may maybe only indirectly or superficially reminiscent of an earlier traumatic incident, such as a scent or a piece of clothing. Triggers can be subtle and difficult to anticipate. A trauma trigger may also be called a trauma stimulus, a trauma stressor, or a trauma reminder. The process of connecting a traumatic experience to a trauma trigger is called traumatic coupling. Hmm. Say that three times fast. Trauma, (laughs) (laughs) Trauma, trigger, trigger, trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's that. And then I have another one that I just wanted to uh, mention on here. What does it mean to be triggered? That term has been casually used to refer to the experience of having an emotional reaction to some uh, type of disturbing event, such as violence or the mention of suicide in the media or a social setting. However, there is a difference between being triggered and being uncomfortable. And I think that's what's getting confused a lot nowadays. I'm triggered. No, you're you're right. You're uncomfortable. (laughs) You need a nap. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So when we come back, we're going to share our own experiences with triggers. And uh, yeah, be right back. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, and we're Boom, back. Baby. Yes. Oh. All right, triggers. You want to go first with your own personal experience? You go first. I always go first. I know. That's because I can't think of anything like that. Oh, so I have to fix it. I don't know. <sighs> okay, fine. That's very triggering for me. It's something in Yeah. <laughs> no. That's how people do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's not a trigger. That's just feeling uncomfortable. Just to clarify. Yeah. But yeah, trigger. What are triggers for me? Things that trigger me usually are like physical, like smells, sights, lighting, like a light, like the, where the sun is or where the, how the light is playing out. That can trigger me. Um, fortunately, I don't have things that trigger me in my addiction, per se. Yeah. I don't have, you know, um, like my, my, my yeah, the, the things that would trigger me to use would be really halt, hungry, angry, lonely, lonely tired. tired. Those things would, um, uh, that, that would trigger me for drugs. Um, but outside of those things, you know, like my life. Uh, you know things that people say or think you know and I do think people get confused with being uncomfortable right because um, a trigger is for me it's something physical that you know that can make you you that it, it, it if if it catches you off if you if it catches you off guard it can make you go back to it can make you react to that old behavior like right it can make you do that thing that you used to do so I definitely um I don't have a lot of triggers I'm uncomfortable a lot <laughs> you know, that that happens regularly yeah. um but it doesn't those uncomfortable feelings don't trigger me right uh, i definitely you know you know we've been in rehab so we had to talk about that kind of stuff a lot and in therapy i'll talk about that kind of stuff and with my sponsor i talk about that about that stuff um being uncomfortable doesn't trigger me what triggers me is 
if I'm hungry, angry, angry, uh, lonely or tired, and and really hunger, hunger, being hungry, something about if I've had coffee and not eaten. I will want to do cocaine. I don't know what it is. Because you feel like you're already it's, got a yeah, little bump? That, it's, I think it's that jittery. Sure. Well, because well, cocaine, where people like different drugs affect people differently. Cocaine, for me, created the what I call the wash. It made everything okay. It was like, ah. So if I'm nervous and jittery and all flittery and all agitated. You want to be okay. Yeah, the, the bump of cocaine makes me feel instantly like, ah, I'm fine. Oh. Yeah, it's, yeah. So if I'm hungry and nervous and haven't eaten right right it's all bad but but then as soon as i eat it's gone right yeah as soon as i eat i'm like oh all good yeah it's crazy but yeah those are that's where my triggers lie i don't have a lot of triggers i don't have you know like when i (laughs) what i what i hear a lot of people talk about talking about you know i was so triggered this weekend like i don't well i mean i guess i'm far enough in rehab to where when i'm triggered I know that you're supposed to get that you go do something about it. I don't just sit there and be triggered. I, you know, if I'm triggered, I'll, you know, if I'm lonely, I call someone. Yeah. You know, if I'm hungry, I eat. If I'm tired, I go lay down. You know, I'll take a nap at work. I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah. You know, this, this needs to happen. This needs to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> I work at a hospital with lots of drugs and people on drugs, so I'm just gonna go take a nap. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I definitely my triggers are 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 physical. Um components um their their physical um situations that occur um but but everything else is really just you know like i might feel uncomfortable but it those uncomfortable feelings like i said like being you know yeah being 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 nervous (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know um people's attitudes or you know being made to feel uncomfortable with someone else that just doesn't it doesn't it, it doesn't incite my behavior anymore yeah, I can just be quiet <laughs> and be like, "That looks awkward." <laughs> Do you remember like a recent time, like like a, a recent trigger where it was it's so clear? Um, yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, like three weeks ago, I I had I, I so I was I've been on the keto diet for a while. I'm not on it right now. Yeah, but I was doing the keto diet, so I didn't have any sugar or any carbs. Then. Thanksgiving, basically, I decided I was going to have carbs and sugar. That was I made cakes and I was eat, I was just eating what I wanted, and I got a sugar high. And I was sitting there, and I was lit. I was high, and it felt very similar to cocaine. And I, and of course, it was Thanksgiving, so I wasn't eating right that whole week. The whole week, I was just you know, yeah, it was I wasn't taking care of myself, and so I had like three pieces of cake, some coffee, and I think a piece of fruit. And I was at work, and I was sitting there, and I was like, uh, my mouth got jittery, my I got I got a little numbness, like I really went there psychosocially, and I was like, I feel like I'm on cocaine. Yeah. Um, and then I did a little research, and I was like, you know, sugar is a stimulant, and it has the same, it affects you the same way, and I consumed a lot of it, from from zero to a lot, and I was just high, and I was high for several hours. It was it was unnerving, and I wanted to do, and I was like, I want some cocaine. Keep it going. Yeah, Go I was like, I'm up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it rolling. Yeah, but but I realized I hadn't eaten right. You know, I you know, and I just took care of it. And then as soon as I ate some protein, it was gone. Yeah, which is beautiful. Protein. It's just beautiful that we can that we have tools. Tools. Right. Tools are awesome. Yeah. I would never say something like that before. 
I'm like fucking nerd tools. Who uses tools? Right. Get some drugs. That's what we're doing. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm trying to. I was really trying to buy time so I can think of my own because I had a really good one, but I forgot it. Uh, so I don't know. So what? What is like for me? It's it's for me. It's mostly diet. Yeah. Like it's it's you know if I'm if I'm hungry, that's what's does the halt thing apply to you? Oh, absolutely. So uh, which, which one is your biggest? I think I was thinking about it Friday. Uh, it's probably. And I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot for saying this to you because <laughs> I already know how you no, be. I don't, I don't judge. Um, I just love. My one's probably, I have to watch out for loneliness because being an only child and being an introvert and liking my time to recharge, I have to make sure that I don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fine It's a fine line. Very fine. So there, it was Friday when I was coming off of coming home from work coming off of work Uh, same thing yeah (laughs) i was coming off coming down and i was driving home and i had a meeting with a friend that we were supposed to meet and i think they were knocked out or their phone was on silent or something like that and kind of like you with the sugar i was hyped to go see them and then okay that fell through and it's friday night and i'm like i still want to keep this feeling going and then i was like oh shit this is lonely halt a hungry lonely this is lonely mm-hmm. let me get back to all the marco polos i've been not getting on <laughs> and let me, oh you did you, you said let yeah. me go listen to my friends get my get some uh get some i don't know companionship virtually and and hear them talk and make me laugh and cheer me up and that's what i did i'm glad you told me that because then now i can take that like i i can know that when you reach out yeah i mean that's yeah, that's uh, yeah but i knew that about you that's that's always been my concern about you. I told I know. you Well, because I know you're an introvert and I know you need that time, but it's a it's a slippery slope, right? Because you know, like it's like me, I'm an extrovert, but that's a slippery slope for me. Yeah, I have to make sure I pull away so that I don't get over. You know, because right. you know, I live with, I live with my wonderful niece who I love. She's awesome. She's super, but she's an extrovert like me, and you know, I have to keep her at a arm's distance so that I don't get pulled into that energy cycle. Right. Um, because you know, that's, you know, that, that high energy being social extroverted means oftentimes like when I wasn't eating is I was being very social and not taking care of myself and it led me to being hungry. Yeah. Hungry. Your, your isolation needs can lead you to be right. lonely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why I was telling you about the uh, my two housemates when <laughs> they came into my room. <laughs> that's a great and story. And I was really that's a great story. I was not I was not feeling them being in my room. They're in my space. I was like, what's going on? And then I was like, you know what? Let me talk to some other humans, not on a work level. Just let me connect for five fucking minutes, and then they can go. <laughs> and they yeah they yeah. went yeah. yeah. A lot of times, what I've found because I can be that way too because I'm. I'm pretty. I'm a healthy mix of introversion and extroversion, as because I'm older. Um, yeah. But sometimes, like when I don't just let things happen, they drag out. Like when I just resign, they're like, "Okay, let me just talk to this person. They they want to see me. I'm gonna go do it." When you're fighting it, it drags yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Because I I emotionally am dragging it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I'm the only one experiencing that. They're fine. Like they just want to see me. <laughs> like it's not. I'm the one in the drama. And when, when I just resign and go, okay, I need to, I, I made this plan. I'm just going to do it. There, here it is. 
then it moves by faster and then it gets to end and I get to go oh that was nice yeah and I'm done <laughs> instead of just fighting 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 oh god yeah cause that'll go on for days right. you gotta avoid them you know <laughs> then you wonder what they thought like did they, did they know that I didn't want to see them do they know what I think about them when I'm and you're spinning them? yeah yeah, oh, spinning. yeah and then you gotta go get some drugs cause it's overwhelming right. <laughs> So what you can do to not do that, uh, there's some coping things. This is on verywellmind.com. How to cope with triggers. Fred, let me know if anything sounds familiar. Triggering. Says, yeah, or triggering. It says, uh, sometimes it is reasonable to try to avoid triggering situations. However, if, you, if avoiding possible triggers hinders your ability to function, you should seek help. Uh, learning to cope. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what we were just talking about. Like, yes, if yes. you need to go buy a bag of dope, right? This, you probably should seek help to cope. Learning to cope with triggers you can't anticipate or avoid requires emotional processing, which is most often aided by therapy. There are a few effective, healthy coping strategies for lessening the impact of triggers. You ain't ready. Right. You ain't ready. That's all that means. You ain't ready. Calling on your social support. Lonely. <laughs> Deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do that sometimes when work is killing me. I'm like, okay, I need to breathe. Deep breathing. I do that a lot. Yeah. It helps. I do that a lot. Exercise. God, that helps. I can't get on it. I'm an exercise person, and I'm just having a hard time. I fell off ever since moving. I, I, I fell off. And the gym's closed, you know. I, I mean, I, Corona. I, I wear a mask. I'm, I'm. I believe in the science. But damn it, open the gyms. Okay, I'm over it. I just ended. Okay. Expressive writing, keep a journal, mm. or mindfulness meditation. I do do that. Yeah. That's hard when your mind is racing, though. Empower yourself to prepare for. Empower yourself by preparing to cope with triggers. Become aware of signs in your body that you're reacting to a trigger, such as changes in your breathing, so that you can learn how to calm yourself down and shift your emotional state. And I think that's, yeah. And sometimes it can, for what, I, what I've been <clears throat> noticing is that it's, it's self-care is, is the word I'm going to use. Is it, that's not one word. Self, yeah. Self-care one word? Uh, no, two words. It's two words? Okay. Um, self-care meaning and really on like the micro level on the minuscule level like i'll be laying in bed tossing and turning in my mind agitated and actually realize that i'm actually sitting or lying in an uncomfortable position but yeah. stuck and i'll just and once i notice that and then i'll just i'll be like get comfortable i'll like tell myself get comfortable like start with start with the low-hanging fruit it's right. like the serenity prayer god help me change the things i can and yeah. accept the things I can. you know that that one yes I just, I'm like, well, I can change my physical position. I can unclench my hands. I can mm-hmm. relax my face. I can put my back in a better position. And then it's just like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> yeah. Setting the table. Yeah. For, for the mind to follow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a Beyonce? Never mind. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> oh, no. In Vogue. In Vogue. Maybe. Same thing. Beyonce from the 90s. Go oh. ahead. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to, <laughs> what was interesting is the uncomfortable part. Um, I think a lot of times I thought it was triggering, but I was just getting really uncomfortable. I don't know. With yelling, I can't really do the yelling thing. Um, I can't hear it, and especially if it's being directed towards me yelling at me. Um, I get super tense, uh, start getting like the shakes, like almost adrenaline's running. Right. I thought that was triggering 
I thought that was being triggered, but I'm like, maybe now that's just super well, uncomfortable. Well, no, it could be, it rem- for the definition, it reminds you of some, it's tra- it probably is trauma. It, re- mm. it takes you back to a traumatic time. Hmm. It doesn't necessarily translate for drug triggers, but it's triggering in that uh, it reminds you of a traumatic experience from the past. Yeah. That's a trigger in that sense. Yeah. But it doesn't trigger us to use. No. And we're, and we're talking about addiction in that sense. Right. But so triggers, I would say that's a trigger. Yeah. If you shut down. Yeah. Or want to shut down. <laughs> well, you probably do. Yeah. I would imagine you would shut down. Yeah. You're not a fighter. You would just shut down and leave. You're I don't like, like raising my voice. No, no, no. You're just <laughs> like, that's why you keep right. a car. You're like, I'm out. Right. I'm not <laughs> I'm done. yelling at a taxi. <laughs> I don't yell. No, no, no. Because you don't want the attention. You're an introvert. You're like, uh, people might say, what? what? I just want to go where I'm going. And right. quietly, even, that would be best. <laughs> Preferably. Yes. All right. So that was triggers. I hope somebody got something from that. Um, Let's knock out a few Q&As after this break, and we'll be right back. And we're back with the Mental Breakdowns podcast. Uh, we're moving on to our Q&A section, act three of our episode. Um, these are all still from my friend in SoCal. She just sent me like eight of them. And right, because no one else is sending in questions. This is what we're, this is, yeah, this is, just, we're going to have to do this. But these are good questions. She's a good person. Yeah, she's awesome. Talking to your loved ones uh, about your mental or slash abuse issue. What was the hardest part about it and what was your experience? What did you learn? What did you learn? Any advice for someone that is contemplating talking to their loved ones about their issue? I think that last sentence is the main one. Any advice for someone that is contemplating talking to their loved ones about their issues? Two things. First, for me, when I when it came to me, <clears throat> when when it when I when I didn't come willing to my recovery. I'll state that I didn't. It wasn't that I wanted to get sober. <clears throat> I'm glad I'm sober, but it, I didn't, it wasn't what I planned. <laughs> yeah. Um, my friends basically pushed me into it um uh and so me talking to my parents was you know a forced thing but in hindsight you know i definitely say i'm glad i did it <laughs> but um what i would recommend you know if, if if you had a choice is that you definitely I don't think it's important that everyone you know knows. People that you need, that I believe you, you should tell are people that are affected directly by your usage and people that can support you. Um, because unfortunately, people have varied opinions on, on addiction and use, drug use. And one of the things that can really hinder recovery is someone having the wrong reaction or someone judging you um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have a very educated, supportive family 
um, that did nothing but support. That did nothing but support me. You know, they just said, "How was I?" and "What am I going to do?" <laughs> you know, um, making it very clear that it was my. You know, they were glad that I told them, but you know, my family is full of counselors and therapists and teachers and doctors. So, you know, but even still, it was hard. You know, it was a hard conversation to have. Um, it was not easy. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Um, and as I told more people, I definitely began to experience varied reactions. You know, you know, um, some people reacted wrong. Some people, people. I guess this is what I'm saying. Not everyone understands what addiction is, and fewer people understand what recovery is. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I would do my own research. I would, I would, I would start my own path first. I think I believe the best case scenario is that if you are already that you already start your work and then talk to people after you get even you know even if it's a week like whatever time amount of time you can get but get some sober time start building your community and then start talking to people because you're gonna need some support because people can send you right back after you that definitely happened to me once or twice in you know several of the relapses I had um, you know it was triggered you know with me be like ah fuck you and then I would go use you know um, so yeah I would just make sure that I started building my community um, that's the ideal that's not always possible but that the ideal if you're con- contemplating getting sober and you're you know thinking about what's the best way to do it I would say you just start going to AA meetings get a sponsor go to NA meeting f- figure out some sort of community that you can start g- going to and then as you're in that process and you've done it and I'm not even saying you have to be sober but be working on your sobriety and then share with people because you're going to need help you're going to need help talking to people because people can be mean yeah or just ignorant um um yeah I guess talk telling my mom was a little bit forced um like I I I don't know I guess it's the majority of my family know I'm sober now and went to treatment, but just like you were saying, even less people know what about recovery and what that entails and stuff like that. So I tried to keep my life simple and not have and try to use discernment in who I tell and who I let in in that part of my life. Um, I don't want to get triggered. I don't want to go back out. I don't want to have to. I don't have the time or energy right now to sit down and explain someone the ins and outs of recovery and what that means I can do and, and can't do. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't. No. Mine is a full time <laughs> job in and of itself. So I guess the main thing I learned with my experience was to use discernment about who I tell and not tell. And just because I don't tell one person doesn't mean I'm necessarily lying to them. It's more like protecting myself and my recovery. Um, The hardest part was probably just being straight up with my mom at family circle and treatment where we had to, in front of like 40 people, just tell her straight up what it was. And that was was super hard, but it was super... it felt really good afterwards, like like weight lifted. Mm-hmm. And even now to this day, I could like be honest or talk with a little more honesty when I'm talking with my mom about issues or other cousins and stuff like that. And and 
because I'm honest about my part in my in my story. You were honest yeah. with her. Right, in relation to... In and relation. that's a great example. Like, for my family and my friends who came to rehab with me, yeah, my relationship improved with them. Like, it's a lot easier. Yes. Because they have the language. They know the words. They know they... You know, they, they know what I'm doing, and they, in a sense, walked walked with me. Yeah. Um, because they were able to associate my experience to themselves. You know, like, like a couple of my friends have eating. That you know, people have other issues, and right. all my friends who came to the program looking to support me, they just they just translate. They're like, oh yeah, I just applied what you were learning to my life. Yeah. So we talk the same talk now. Right. But there's very few people. You know, other people I just you know I'm not. You know, people, like when people ask me, oh, you just go to the bar? I'm like, I don't drink. That's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, why not? I just don't drink. Right. <laughs> and I didn't think I would be like that because I'm a person who likes to share. But I, well, I'm like you. And I'm an extra. I'm like, I'm not explaining. Yeah. All this we're to not. You while you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Especially you know. not. <laughs> you know, or yeah. If you want to go get drunk and high, like, okay, well, why don't you just go do that? Right. And just know that I don't do that. Eventually, you'll stop asking me. Yeah. And then whatever you want to have a conversation. Not gonna, you know, it's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, and I'm not like that. You know, I'm not like that. But I am like that now. I'm like, mm, no. You're not gonna trigger me. <laughs> not today. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Next question. We got um, defense mechanisms. How do you learn to cope or learn new ways to handle life sober? Halt. Like it's really simple. Things like halt. Halt. Like we just mentioned earlier. Yeah, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That, that's really the, the trigger, is just noticing how you feel. It's, it's, when, whenever, when, I'm just going to use I statements, this is easier. When I check out of myself, for myself, when I'm mm-hmm. using, or if I'm eating, but if I'm doing something that's distracting me for myself, I'm just vulnerable. What I think we both learned in rehab is just, you we were taught to be as in touch as we can, as much as we can, with our immediate situations, like whatever's going on in the moment. Present. Yes, don't future trip, don't past trip. Like, the way to stay sober is one day at a time, and, you know, or sometimes one moment at a time. And that's literally true, because I can't control tomorrow. And if right. I fix it on it, it can be so overwhelming that really the, the yeah. solution seems great to go buy some cocaine. Like, um, you know, if I focus on too much politics or too many things that are out of my control in an unhealthy way, yeah, you know, I won't eat because I'm distracted. You know, I just, you know, um, yeah, routine in my life, you know, getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, trying to do as much of the same thing as many days as possible keeps me out of trouble. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, handle how do you learn to cope or learn new ways to handle life sober um, I don't know pick up new hobbies I guess I just I I've done a lot of other stuff for such a period of time now like instead of just running to a drink or a drug or something like that I've run to so much other things for such a time now that it's not, it's really not on the menu anymore, Um, which I know is easy to say with a year and some months under your belt. So like what to do when you're just starting out. Um, 
I don't know. I think it's going back to what Fred was saying, uh, building that community, building that support system that knows what the hell you're going through. Um, and that's where, where the SLE helped a bunch. Um, it helped hell uh, just having people, not only people there, right? So I'm not isolating, but people who knew what the hell recovery was and how hard it was and and what what it was. I didn't do an SLE, but I, I definitely, you know, I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I had gone because I think that would have. Right. I mean, I'm, and I'm not fine. I won't say I'm fine, but it definitely would have helped. I think a big part of it is recovery in general, just having the, that support system to bounce your ideas off of and for other people to say, oh, I think you might want to take a look at that. <laughs> I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, right, right, right. Because our first, second, third thought is not always the most correct thought. And that's why they recommend no big changes in the first year. Yeah. That was close to a year. It was close to a year. Yeah. I moved out almost on day 365. <laughs> yeah. And see. Right. Make my exit stage left. Yeah. So, next question. Uh, I think she meant, what's your new favorite thing to do in sober life? That's a good question. I don't know if I have a favorite. I can give you a couple things that I like doing. Okay. I like my routines, you know, like my morning routine, my yeah. coffee, my breakfast. Um, I like my meetings. I like, I like my, my two home groups that I have and the people that I've met. And I like that I don't, that I feel and understand that I don't have to do drugs. I think that's what I like the most feeling the, the real feeling of I don't have to if I don't want to yeah you know it's, it's really my choice I'm not I'm not um, beholden to the drugs I don't need them so that feels good you got that choice back yeah yeah I got the choice back right I, I didn't even realize I didn't have a choice but, right yeah I, I have the choice back and it takes about a year to get there so just you know, it's not, <laughs> it, it, it takes a minute to get the choice but that's what I think. That's actually I'll say that I I appreciate the choice. I get to choose what I can do. I get to choose what I want to do most days, all day. Yeah. Um, my new favorite thing to do in sober life. Um, it's not necessarily future tripping because I'm not tripping, but I like to. I don't know if it's what I like to do. I like the fact that I have so many more options. Kind of with uh, you, you and your choice back, getting your choice back. I like that. Ooh, I can do all this, that, and this. Yeah, I can like opportunity to save money. Right. I can go uh, travel cross country. Da da da. Um, I like how I have a lot of avenues I can still go down, um, and it's just the beginning. And they're viable. Yeah. Like it's real. Sustainable. Mm, like organic living. <laughs> right. This was a paid advertisement by Whole Foods. Mary's <laughs> chicken. Eat fresh. <laughs> yeah. That was good. I'm going to send them an invoice later. Yes, please. Cause... Um, the thing's not moving. Oh, it's all the way over here. Oh. 
There you go. Okay. Next and last question. If you guys didn't realize, we're we're just knocking out all these questions since it's the season finale. Yeah, want, want, yeah I want to get you your money's worth. Um, who are your inspirations, motivators? Is it good to have people to look up to? Ain't that a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, and yes, it's good to have people to look up to. Huh. Um, look up does not mean depend. Oh, oh. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, yeah, look up. Yes, you should always. I have lots of people I look up to. Yeah, um, for different reasons. I look up to Zoe. Zoe's a very big motivating factor. In Thank you. Life. Thank um, you. You know, I do a lot of. I do a lot of things because I've met Zoe um, that I would not have done. Hmm. Um, and uh, those nuts good. I mm-hmm. him a big jar, a mason jar of almonds because he loves them. Yeah. Um, and to prevent him from eating, eating the McFlurries. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Put them in but, my McFlurries. Yeah, I, I look up to people. I do look up to people. Um, that's a new thing because when I was high, it would be more envy because I was you know, jealous because my life was a hot mess. So I actually can look up to people. And that's, that's also new. But um, what was the other part of the question? What was, uh, um, uh, who are your inspirations, uh, motivators? Is it good to have people to look up to? My motivators are basically my groups, are my are my recovery. It's my recovering community. It's the people who I um, am being sober with, got sober with. Really, those it's yeah, those are the people who are motivating me. My partner, my boyfriend, he definitely is a huge motivating factor, but he's also very involved in my sobriety, so I would include him in that group. Um, um, but yeah, my uh, my community is my biggest motivator. I'm surrounded by people that I find motivating and supportive, and I can look up to most of the people in my life now, which is fucking awesome. Um, and I think that's a good way to check on yourself. Like, if you look around and that's not the case, yeah, <laughs> that's probably indicative to um, not being in a healthy situation. And you don't have to be on drugs to have that problem. You can yeah. be sober as hell and be around some people that don't need to be beat around. Right. Just look around and, like, I don't like any of you. <laughs> respect I might like you but I don't respect, respect you I don't right. want to be like you I don't want to do the things you're doing I don't yeah. care the things that you're doing but you're a great person right. someone else yeah absolutely I wish you would stop including me in those things <laughs> so all those texts yeah. um, you can just stop right I hit unsubscribe about three times <laughs> um, and you sir me uh, same thing well, not same, same thing, but who are my inspirations, motivators? Yeah, I definitely would say my recovery group, my friends and my family. Um, I'm not just saying you because you said it. That's not it. All of it. That's a little bit. But this is, I think, again, going back to why the big part of re- recovery is having a group of people being a part of a group of people. Um, yeah, so like you with how uh, you lived in Mexico for a certain amount of time and know a whole nother language, like that's still on my goddamn wish list. Um, I've been thinking about Naima a lot lately. Shouts out Naima. Uh, I've been thinking about her lately as I started my new house managing position, just like how she moved and interacted with people. Um, 
my uncle who started his own business after getting out of prison for like 10 to 12 years and is doing great now. That's a big motivator. And then my grandparents who are just like immigrants on my mom's side, uh, who against any, everything just decided to take a gamble and live life. Right, and figure it out. So, Here you are. <laughs> so I got like a lot of hope. Like, okay, I'm seeing these people, and they've done it. They do it. They're doing it now. Um, I really have no excuse to at least try my own thing in the same vein. Yeah, and you, and you, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm motivated by myself too. I, I'm excited. I'm a, I get excited about myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm available to do that. The things you mentioned, I'm there. But when my cousins reach out, for people, you know, reach out, I'm there. I'm not always there, but even when I'm not there enough and I don't come through, I don't, it doesn't work out, I don't fall apart. Right. I don't become unavailable. Right. Or saddled with guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have guilt, but I'm just like, that's guilt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want some chicken? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's awesome to that. Uh, you know, I'm liking myself. Actually, liking. Myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. But I'm not, you know. But you know, I like. I, I get why people want to hang out with me. <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah. a perfect fucking sentence. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't get it before. I did. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, y'all are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. Right. It's okay. You pity me. You pity me. <laughs> no, this really. Is why I do drugs, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I get it, and it's, again, it's, and it's made me. That, that that's a, that's not arrogance. Mm-hmm. It actually allows me to be modest. It allows me to just be calm. Right sized. Right, right. Like a Snickers. <laughs> Hungry? Grab a Snickers. <laughs> Side effects may include guilt. <laughs> guilt and gas for peanuts. But anyway, right. um, yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that we can do this. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's not perfect, but neither of us are falling apart. Right. We do. Yeah. We're both, we're both very fatalistic. <laughs> people <laughs> yeah you know if we just get over like oh it didn't work out okay tomorrow like the, the, the ease in which we come together or don't it's nice right not being hung up on it for days and wanting to use over it like oh i can't believe i missed or i flaked again da, 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 da. i remember that i have clear memories i was talking about this the other day with a friend that you know convincing myself to get high I'm going to get high, and then that circle starts right back. God, the whole concept of how you go right back to where you were when you relapse. Like, there's no, you know, but once you start using that, you just you slip back into your old behavior. Even if you're not going back to use it the same amount, mm-hmm. but your behavior goes right back to where you were when right. you were using drugs. That's powerful. That's super. All I have to do is not do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember that, like, when I get down on myself where I feel like I fucked up where I'm like oh I'm just like mm, it will pass yeah <laughs> it will pass I still don't have to do these little things yeah, like I, I could still I don't have to use right I don't have to do drugs that's yeah. something I don't have to do I can still wash my ass I can still <laughs> yeah. wash the dishes I can get up and my eyes work I can right. feel my face all that good stuff 
Yeah. 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 I'm getting my dental work done. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't remind me. Yeah. I got my stimulus check. I paid my taxes. Y'all, I paid taxes. Yeah. First time and I don't even know how long. I shouldn't say that on the air, huh? Ding. Yeah. <laughs> but they're being paid. I'm paying them, so I can say that. But right. Yeah. yeah it feels, yeah. We're kind of killing it. <laughs> We're kind of killing it. All right. Uh, well, shit. Let's just wrap up with one thing we're grateful for each and wrap up the season. And you go first. Oh, you fuck. Go first. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Tag your ends. Okay. Um, one thing I am grateful for tonight at this very moment. Um... I'm great, very grateful for that I got sober when I got sober. And I don't know how long it's going to last or even if it's, this is going to be a lifelong thing. But I know right now I'm really grateful that I did when I did last year because I work at a treatment center and people are relapsing and homeless. And it's cold. It's December. And... <laughs> I, it just doesn't look fun. It's it's super sad. Um, so I'm just glad I have my my not my balls. But those too. Yeah, my ball. I'm grateful I have my balls. What is it called? My marble straight or something like that. Um, just glad I have a clear head to like continue to do my thing and put a roof over my head and all that good stuff. Thank you. I am grateful for a lot of things, but I can definitely say <clears throat> that I am currently grateful for the condition in which I am living. I mean, my job, my family, my friends, my house, my life situation right now is fabulous. And there are things that are not good. There are things that are not good. Of course. Of course. I love that I can have those things that are not good and I'm still okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, um, That's really what I am the most grateful for is that that I can say in spite of, I'm I'm okay. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. I I have a burn on my arm from cleaning the stove, looking like like I was frying chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's pretty bad burn, but I'm just like, eh. (laughs) In the scheme of things, Right. This will pass. You know, um, you know, I have my very, very best friend in the world is in the hospital with Corona, and it sucks. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm available. I'm talking to her. I'm helping. I'm taking her phone tomorrow. And I'm, I'm gonna do. I can and am gonna do what I can do to help her and her family. Show up. So I'm okay. Yeah. She's not okay. So I'm just gonna be there for her. So that's awesome. I'm so glad that I have. That ability now. Don't take it for granted. Nope. Play on it every day. Yeah. Super awesome. Because it's not guaranteed. Right. You guys, thank you so much for a great, great season. Um, and for your patience while we work out all the kinks and good stuff and bad stuff. Um, we have two mics now. We have two mics. Thanks to your guys' donations. Um I don't have a tentative date for next year, but season two will be at the top of next year with a different fucking name because I'm so tired of mental breakdowns with a Z. Why? I like that. No, I can't. 
Fine. It'll be a different name. Fine. A good, better name, 2.0. Catchy. Maybe two Zs. (laughs) 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 Thank you, gracias, namaste. And have a great year, everyone. All right, and that was that. That is our wrap on season one of the Mental Breakdowns podcast. I just like to thank everyone again for all the support, ideas, comments over the past uh, season that we got from everyone. It really made all the difference. Now, season two, uh, we already have in the works. Got some surprise guests, surprise ideas that I'm really looking forward to getting out to you guys uh, at the end of the month. And a new name, because frankly, I'm tired of saying Mental Breakdowns Podcast with a Z at the end. But until then, please enjoy yourself, enjoy others, do the next loving thing, all that good stuff. Uh, my name is Zoe, a.k.a. Alonzo, your host on the Mental Breakdowns Podcast. And Beyonce, we pray. Namaste. Thank you.